We meet today in Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 6. As highlighted in the introduction, there are five canticles or brief songs in this book. They depict the experience and the story of a country girl, a Shulamite, up in the hill country. A shepherd came one day, and she fell in love with him, and he fell in love with her. He left her but promised to return. He didn't return as soon as she had expected. One day it was announced that King Solomon had arrived and wanted to see her. She couldn't believe it. When she was brought into his presence, she recognized that he was her shepherd lover. Song of Songs 1 verse 1 The Song of Songs which is Solomon's you see, in this book, God used songs as one of the methods in speaking to his people. The book rebukes asceticism, but it also condemns lust and unfaithfulness in the marriage vow. This is no soap opera. No, it is not a cheap play in which the hero is a neurotic and the heroine is erotic and the plot is tomirotic, if you like. Rather, it is a beautiful song of marital love, the celebration of marital love. In this first song, we find the bride and the bridegroom together in a wonderful relationship. Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Now, the kiss here indicates the existence of a very personal close relationship, such as the Lord Jesus has with his own. He is able to communicate his message personally to you and me through his word. That is why there is need to return to the study of the word of God, more than just learning the mechanics of the Bible or even just memorizing the word. We need a very personal relationship with him so that he can speak through his word to our hearts. He says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. He has spoken to us. He alone can speak peace to you. He alone can speak peace to the human heart. The one who has ears to hear and has heard him speak peace, peace through the blood of the cross by forgiveness of sin, can take the next step. If you have been reconciled to God by redemption in Christ, he entreats the kisses of the solemn, the nuptial and contract. It is the kiss which seals the marriage vow between Christ and the believer. I mean, we find the same custom in our marriage ceremonies today. When I perform a marriage ceremony and both couples have exchanged their vows, I say, now lift the the bride's veil and give the marriage kiss. You see, the kiss there comes as a solemn thing. It seals the marriage covenant. In redemption, my friend, the Lord Jesus not only gives us deliverance, but he also gives us freedom. Therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you shall be free indeed. John 8 verse 36. What kind of freedom is that? It is the freedom now to come to him and say to him, I present my body as a living sacrifice to you. Romans 12, 
verse 1. As the same thing that happens in a marriage, after the vows have been extended, have been exchanged, now the couple is married. Each one can present his or her body to the other. And what seals it right before the people, it is that kiss. The freedom has now come. It is the freedom of dedication, which brings us now into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus, our Savior. My friend, are you such a child of God? Are you a trembling soul who is afraid to lay hold of his grace? He wants you to appropriate it for yourself. In Ephesians, we are told that he is rich in mercy and he is rich in grace and he wants to share with us the riches of his glory. Not only are we introduced here to his kisses, but also his love. For your love is better than wine. In that day, wine typified the highest of the luxuries this earth offered. It was the champagne dinner, which included everything from soup to nuts. It spread. It now speaks today of that which brings the highest joy to the heart. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that we might experience that excitement, that exhilaration, that ecstasy of belonging to Christ and of having fellowship with Him, is a wonderful goal. Wine will give a temporary lift, I grant you, but it will let you down the next morning. But my friend, Allow the Spirit of God to come into your life. He will shed abroad in your heart the love of God. That is one reason we need the Holy Spirit. Because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore the virgins love you. Song of Songs 1 verse 3 Now the ointment is the perfume. When he began his life on earth here, myrrh was brought to be put on his body, the Lord Jesus. There was a fragrance in his entire life on the earth, from his birth to his death. Oh, the fragrance of his love for us, when he died upon the cross, is the greatest. Not only do we talk about his kisses and his love, we also talk about his drawing power. What is it that draws us to him? Draw me away. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Song of Songs 1 verse 4. Now, this is a wonderful passage of scripture. It is the expression of one who is in love with him, who desires a close fellowship with him. But then comes the awareness that we can't reach that state. We cannot attain to it because it is too high for us. That is the position from which we can say, draw me. What does the name of Jesus mean to you, my friend? If you know that you have never experienced that wonderful relationship then listen to the bride 
and give her response. What does she say? Draw me. If you are a child of God, then say, draw me. Let him lift you up and bring you to this place which you cannot reach yourself. Recognize that in yourself you cannot rise to that level. God tells us that his power is available to us. He says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. He will answer the heart cry, draw me. There is an excitement and an ecstasy of being brought into the presence of Christ by the Holy Spirit of God. He can make Christ real to us and answer that heart cry, draw me, Lord. And please, will you cry that to the Lord? No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Jesus said in John chapter 6 verse 44, you see, Jesus said this to his own. You did not choose me, but I chose you. John 15 verse 16. You see, he is saying, I am the one who went after you. You see, you and me did not seek after God. God sought after us. He is still seeking us today. We can only rouse ourselves to say, Lord, draw me. We need the Spirit of God to give to us the water of life. If we will drink of the water of life, we will have rivers of living water gushing up within us and flowing out from us. We will run after you. You see, the idea of the word we will run after you is not that we ask to be drawn because we are lazy and indifferent, but it is because we are helpless. We have the desire, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We want to run after him, but he will have to give us the legs to do it. He must give us that enablement, the divine enablement. Thus, draw me. He must draw us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. Let us therefore lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Isaiah 40 verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. So, we have looked at his kisses, we have looked at his love, and even his drawing power. But now let us talk of his chambers. So when we cry to him, draw me, we will run after you, God responds. The king has brought me into his chambers. The chamber is the secret of his presence, his pavilion, like the holy of holies within the sanctuary. It is the secret place from the crowd. It is the place in the cleft of the rock which he has made for us, where he can cover us with his hand and commune with us. It is like Christ's invitation in Revelation 3 verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Oh, what a privilege 
to have fellowship with him. Yet we withdraw and cry out with Isaiah, Woe to me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6 verse 5 But the King has brought me into his chambers, you see. He is the one who has provided a redemption. He is the one who took the calls from the altar and touched our lips. He is the one who made the supreme sacrifice. We will be glad and rejoice in you. You see, my friend, we need more joy in our churches today, and we need more joy in our lives. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10 verse 10. And John wrote in First John chapter 1 verse 4, These things I have written to you, that your joy may be full. You see, the Lord means for us to live a life to the hilt, a life of joy. But we can never experience that until he has brought us into his chambers, because into his chambers we rejoice. Oh, let us quit playing church, my friend. And let us quit saying, I belong to a certain group and I have an experience. The point is, is Christ close to you today? Has he brought you into his chambers? The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Now, many a man feels he needs drink in order to face his business. Many a person needs that drink in order to face a lonely evening. Life is too much for them. It is too complicated. But may I say to you, if you are a child of God, you can always know that God loves you. The love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He wants to make his love real to you and me. He wants to manifest his love to us. That is a lot better than crawling up into, onto a bus to, into a beer hall. Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, or which leads to dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we would read on in Ephesians chapter 5, we would find that the next verse is going to say, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5 verse 19. Oh, we need to praise the Lord in this day. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. See, the result of being filled with the Spirit of God is the joy of the Lord manifested in the way we speak to one another. Rightly do they love you. Now, it, oh, the upright love you. The upright are those who belong to him. They are those who have said to him, draw me. He has placed them on their feet and they are now to run the race of life, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. The Christian life is a love affair, my friend. We love him because he first loved us. He loved us enough to give himself for us. Now he says to us, I want your love. That seals it. If you don't love him, then don't go on pretending, my friend. 
be honest and chuck the whole thing. It is all meaningless if you do not love him. Now look at the sunburned girl. Song of Songs 1 verse 5 and verse 6. I am dark but lovely. All daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon, do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has turned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Now, when the bride says here that she is dark, she is not referring to her race, to her skin color as a black person, so to say. In any case, she was a Jewish girl from the area of Shunemel. She explains her darkness. Her family were tenant farmers on one of the vineyards owned by Solomon, and they made her work out in that vineyard. She is sunburned, and so she said, I am dark because the sun has turned me. She is black, but she is beautiful. Black is beautiful, my friend. We hear that today. It certainly can be. Black is beautiful when the heart is right with the Lord. Even also a light color is beautiful when the heart is right with God. But black or white, red or yellow, pink is nothing when the heart is not right with God. The pigment of the skin is of no importance whatsoever. The condition of the heart is the important matter. It is interesting that most of the rays of the sun do not bother our skin. It is the ultraviolet segment of the sun rays that burns our skin. The rays can come through clouds so that we can get sunburned or cloudy days even when we are not aware of it. Now, many people think that they can come into the light, to the holy presence of God without a covering. Now, my friend, I tell you, no one can come into the presence of God without the covering of the righteousness of God. That is our protection, which is another meaning of being covered with the wings. You and I need to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ to come into God's presence. Let's look back to our girl who is blackened with sunburn. She has been working outside because her mother's children were angry with her and they made her keep the vineyards. Then she says, but my own vineyard I did not keep. Now, this is the bride's portrait of herself. She has some natural beauty, but she has nothing to commend herself because she hasn't been able to take care of herself. You see, she has had no time to go to the beauty parlor. She has had no time to even do her hair for a hairstyle. She hasn't been able to get her face done, no facial. She hasn't been able to get whatever it could take to enhance her beauty. That has been neglected because she has been made to work so hard. My friend, Many kind is not beautiful in the presence of God. Sometimes we tend to think that the reason God is interested in us is because we are such nice, sweet little children. No, no, no. Actually, we are ugly. We are 
sunburned. We are not attractive to him as we are. But he says that he is going to make us his beautiful bride. That is a wonderful picture here given. And we see also the same picture given in Ephesians chapter 5. The example given to husbands is the love of Christ for the church. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Ephesians 5.25-27 You see, my friend, like this girl who had not even done anything for herself. She was loved by Solomon. The shepherd loved her. Christ is taking us to the beauty parlor now. He will fashion us into his own bride without any spot or wrinkle, holy and without any blemish. That's what he makes out of us. We don't need to improve ourselves to become acceptable before God. All we can do is to ask for his mercy Remember, he is rich in mercy. He is rich in grace. And I want both of them. May that be your cry. May that be your prayer as well. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org